Welcome to the Fantasy Show with Amanud Carney and Evan Garber. Today we're going to talk about week four sleepers, players who might be busts, and then we'll end off the show for players who you should trade for but not trade too much, or players that you should trade away and try to get a lot for. So without further ado, let's get it started. Evan, who is your quarterback that's a sleeper? Ooh, my quarterback that's a sleeper. Uh, I got to go with Sam Darnold here, actually. Um, especially now since uh, CMC is out for probably a while. Um, he's going to have to throw the ball a lot more. And he's honestly been really good this season, leading the Panthers to 3 and 0 record. You know, that's right. And... Guys, if you have, I think I've mentioned this in like one of my, I believe, 30 other episodes. I am a Panthers fan. As a Panthers fan, seeing the Sam Darnold trade, I honestly didn't expect much out of him. But I guess there was, I think, either SportsCenter or ESPN posted like players who their first year um, getting out of whatever Adam Gase's system have done really well and now you look to um you look to the panthers now with sam darnold who's now with of the adam gay system darnold is doing really well with 888 passing yards six touchdowns and one interception and Darnold is getting 23.1 fantasy points per game. So, like, that's pretty good. And he's still considered a sleeper. He's going up against Dallas. Some weeks, as we know, the Cowboys play well, and then they play horrible. I guess that's just the NFC South, right? Or NFC NFC East. Yeah, the NFC East is so bad. I don't don't (laughs) understand. Every single year, I don't know how they're always so bad. Crazy. And guys, to put in that fantasy points per game perspective for you, Sam Darnold in our ESPN uh, PPR league, Sam Darnold is getting 21.1 average points per fantasy game. And this is ESPN PPR, so your scoring might be different. And then Lamar Jackson is 23.2. He's only averaging less points than Lamar Jackson so I mean another sleeper could be Tyler or Taylor Heineke from the Washington football team and you guys have got to understand when there is a quarterback or when there is a running back tight end or receiver going up against the Atlanta Falcons they are going to be a sleeper that's just how it is with the Falcons nowadays right yeah, that, that's honestly true. But the thing about the football team is they run the ball uh, a, a lot, especially now they have a two or three running back combination. Um, so you can't expect Tyler Heineke to get a lot of uh, a lot of passing yards each week, but he's still a pretty solid quarterback. That is true. And then I, 
people who drafted Matt Ryan, I know, expected way more out of him. I feel like everyone did. And obviously, first season without Julio Jones, we already know Julio Jones is going to be in the Hall of Fame. There's no question. But Matt Ryan, 707 passing yards, four touchdowns, and three interceptions. That is a nightmarish start. Yeah, yeah. Uh, after last year, I had him. Um, I definitely knew not not to trust him anymore. I mean, when you have such great weapons on your team and you still suck, that's just a sign that yeah, you're falling off now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he has he has two really good weapons on his team, and this year and last year, he still can't figure out what uh, figure out what's going on with him. Yeah, like, I like the Mike Davis signing for them. He actually exploded in Christian McCaffrey's absence on the Panthers. So then I thought with Kyle Pitts, with Calvin Ridley, and then I guess Russell Gage put him in there. But Ridley, Pitts, and Mike Davis. I feel like those are enough, like, enough weapons for him to actually do something decent. I just don't think they're using Kyle Pitts or Mike Davis well for that matter. And sometimes even Calvin Ridley. So now you ask the question to yourself, should if the Falcons should have or probably would have been better off drafting a quarterback instead of Kyle Pitts? Because who's going to be their quarterback for the future now? Uh, I mean, I guess... You can look at this year now, since they can't seem to do anything right. I guess you can look at this year as sort of a tank year for them, and then draft a quarterback this year. But the problem about that is last year's uh, last year's draft was had way more better quarterbacks than this year. It seems like so far. Yeah, exactly. That's why I'm saying, like, for example, Matt Ryan not playing up to par is actually having a I feel like an effect on the other Falcons offensive players for example in our fantasy league Evan has Mike Davis I have Paul Pitts he needs a tight end more than he needs a running back and I need a running back more than I need a tight end so we discussed Kyle Pitts for Mike Davis it's actually a risk both ways because these are two Falcons players who honestly have been struggling this season. Along with Matt Ryan, Calvin Ridley is Calvin Ridley. He has actually done well. And then Calvin Ridley is probably the better one out of Kyle Pitts and Mike Davis. Now, I feel like that was obvious, but in terms of fantasy, it goes like Ridley and then everyone's struggling after that. Yeah, uh, I personally would still kind of shy away from Mike Davis, especially considering now that Cordell Patterson has been a huge part of the uh, a huge part of the team. Uh, he's been doing well rushing and receiving, so I feel like he's the better option uh, over Mike Davis. And actually, that actually brings us to our sleepers for running backs. You said Cordero Patterson. Doing better than Mike Davis. Pick him up if he's still available in your league. Because he is going to do better than Mike Davis. 
because he has done better than Mike Davis. Yeah, uh, another running back. Another running back that people, uh, that most waiver ranking, waiver wire rankings will have, is Peyton Barber. But I honestly don't understand it too much, considering that he's probably the third running back um, on the team, to behind Josh Jacobs and uh, and. Um, uh, Kenyon Drake. Kenyon Drake, yeah. No, I mean, that's true. Another, I guess, running back, you could say Zach Moss is actually getting rostered more because he's actually doing well this season. Yeah, he's been doing a lot better than, than, uh, than Devin Singletary. Uh, he's averaging 16.8 fantasy points a game. Uh, with In last week, he had uh, 13 carries for 60 yards. And then in uh, week two, he had eight, uh, eight carries with two touchdowns and 26 yards. And that's way better than Singletary's doing. Uh, Singletary's averaging 10.6. And last week, he had a pretty miserable game. He had 11 carries though, but only 26 yards and only one reception for, uh, for no yards. So yeah, he only had 3.6 fantasy points last week. So I think definitely Zach Moss is the better running back for now, but I wouldn't be surprised if Singletary comes out in the next few weeks and does better than Zach Moss. And uh, let's go to like, uh, for, like Leonard Fournette also I guess you could put him in there but receivers I I'm just going to say right now even though this may not apply to necessarily a sleeper but I mean it's like the curious case of the Pittsburgh Steelers I feel like Big Ben I feel like I don't know if he's mentioned it or not, but I, he should retire after this season because the Steelers lost to the Bengals. They they don't do well in the first half, and then they either try to or don't salvage the game in the second half. Yeah, uh, it's been pretty interesting to watch them because you have a really, really solid team. Um I mean, obviously, Big Ben is a little bit of a um, problem for them, but it's not like he's the worst quarterback of all the time. And you have a pretty, really solid defense. Pretty, pretty solid defense. So, I guess they just—it's just something about them that they just don't wake up in the first half, and then they finally uh, feel they're like, "Oh shoot, we're losing. Now we got to come back and win this game." Yeah, exactly. And then, I mean. Now, um, let's go to the sleep. Well, sleepers for the for wide receivers because now <laughs> this I'm fumbling right now because Chase Claypool is now expected not to play because he did not practice Friday. So you, if you need replacements for Chase Claypool, just like I do, then. Corey Davis from the New York Jets is a sleeper 
wide receiver going up against Tennessee. He's had two touchdowns this season, so he's averaging of just about 13 points per game fantasy, which is actually regular for a receiver for his caliber. Who do you have as your sleeper receiver? My sleeper receiver is actually Sammy Watkins. Um, he's been pretty consistent so far, uh, averaging seven targets per game and 10.9 fantasy points per game. Uh, he's not going to give you like any breakout games, it seems like, but he'll still get you an av- he'll still get you pretty consistent uh, 10 points per game, which is not the best, obviously. But if you're just looking for someone consistent, then you should definitely pick him up. Baltimore Ravens are going up against. It also depends on like the defense. Like Sammy Watkins is going up against Denver. Um, the Ravens are going up against Denver Broncos. Fairly ranked for fantasy the tenth best pass defense. So that'll be interesting to see how that matches up, and then. Tight ends, I feel like a lot of teams are needing tight ends this season more than previous seasons. Yeah, uh, there's been definitely a pretty big gap between the top tight ends like George Kittle, Darren Waller, and Mark Andrews and those guys, and Travis Kels. And then you have the like the second tier, I guess you would say. They're like a pretty, pretty far behind. So, um, some guys that I have are Tyler Conklin and Dalton Schultz. Um, neither of them have been absolutely amazing so far, but they both had pretty good, pretty big games last week. So maybe they'll have they'll continue the streak. Yeah, and then Dawson Knoxon. I don't know if you guys knew, but CJ Uzoma of the Cincinnati Bengals. I don't know if any of you even have him on a roster, but I feel like he's going to be a sleeper for next week, seeing how the Bengals used him against the Jaguars. And yes, it's the Jacksonville Jaguars, who have now lost 19 games in a row, something like that. But CJ Uzoma could potentially be like, on the bottom level of the sleeper tight end and i wouldn't expect using him as an actual tight end to start but honestly keep your eye on him i think another another tight end that people are sleeping on is evan ingram i know he's coming off an injury and he wasn't that great last week against the falcons but i feel like eventually he's gonna get back to form um, especially uh, with Danny Dimes throwing him, he loves to throw the ball a lot. I feel like he can be, it can be definitely a solid player to pick up. Um, I mean, I don't think he's gonna be great like he was uh, like two, three years ago, but I still think he'll be a pretty solid player. Mm. Man, let's see, like. So many players, I feel like, are getting injured. Like, I don't remember. Obviously, last year, week two, 
think it was like Odell Beckham went down. Um, or I'm not sure if that was at a later week, but it was like Nick Bosa, Jimmy Garoppolo, Saquon Barkley. So many players just went down with injuries in week two. And now this this year you got like guys like Julio Jones, AJ Brown not even playing. And then so many players each week just getting hurt and that's causing a lot of fantasy teams to, to sort of dip in the rankings. Yeah, it's it's definitely pretty tough to be a fantasy, fantasy manager right now. Um, but I feel like there's definitely a lot of solid guys that you can pick up or maybe even trade for. Like maybe if the guy's injured for like a... If you guys, if you think the guy is injury prone, I definitely think you, maybe you can consider trading him for guys that are less injury prone. I mean, sure, they might not get as many points as um, as the guy you're trading, but at least you'll be able, you'll know you can have him uh, each week in your lineup. And that's actually a good segue about trading weekend. Now these are your. Buy low, sell high candidates, meaning buy low, don't trade too much, but they're still worth trading for. And then sell high are players who you should try to get a massive return for. And I believe last week, or I'm not sure if George Kittle was included in the... uh, I know he was included. I think it was buy low not so high but some person in my other fantasy week I'm just going to talk about this deal for a second traded Rob Gronkowski and Josh Jacobs and caught George Kittle so this person in that league definitely definitely bought George Kittle for super low and right now when the tight end market is honestly a bit thin try to pick up tight ends for a low price is what i think what do you think no i totally agree uh i mean even top tight ends are struggling right now but that, i mean considering how far they are away from the rest of the pack of tight ends i definitely think you should buy them low yeah you can so let's say Alvin Ridley, I talked about, we talked about him on the earlier part of this episode. He, let's see, his averages in the PPR fantasy league that we are in, because that's what we're going to base our um, stats off of. Calvin. Ridley, he's averaging 14 and a half fantasy points. He's projected 16.8 points against the football team. So he got 10.1 points against Philadelphia, 19.3, and then 14.1 against the Giants. So he is it's averaging two points less, uh, two points less than you'd expect him to. So. That could potentially be a buy low candidate for um, buy low candidate for your team. What do you think about Calvin Ridley? I I'm honestly kind of surprised to see him on this list. To be honest, 
Uh, I feel like most managers will actually sell him a little bit high because of the fact that everyone else on the team is struggling and he seems like the only reliable guy so far. But I guess you can take that into consideration. Like, since you know that they have guys uh, that can be pretty good, I guess considering Calvin Ridley, a buy low guy, is is not is reasonable, but I feel like definitely he's, he's going to sell for a little bit higher than most people expect. Much you got, and then E. Higgins of the Cincinnati Bengals. But I feel like when you look at T. Higgins, um, even though he has been actually doing pretty well for the Bengals, he's a buy low person simply because when you think of T. Higgins, I feel like. Uh, I feel like he's not a top receiver of the league yet, so that might deter fantasy managers from trading for him. What do you think about T. Higgins? Uh, I, I definitely agree with you that since he's not one of the bigger names, he definitely could, you could, you could buy him pretty low. Uh, especially since he's coming off an injury, I think that also plays a huge factor. Um, so yeah, I totally agree that you should definitely you should definitely buy him low. And then AJ Brown. I just mentioned him in the segment when we were talking about the injuries this season. AJ Brown, obviously Tennessee Titans. He's averaging 7.5 points per game, but that's because he only got like point three or so points um because of his injury that he suffered against the Colts but his numbers started dipping after week one like you saw him get 14.9 fantasy points 7.3 and then of course point three when he was injured I feel like I feel like he's in the middle of buy low and sell high what do you think I totally agree. Uh, I feel like I feel like you could sell him high because of his name, because he's AJ Brown. Yeah. But I feel like I feel like he definitely. I feel like you shouldn't really pick him up, considering how considering how uh, the offense has been struggling so far, and since King Henry is just amazing, uh, they're definitely going to run the ball a lot more with him. I feel like he's coming up weak. Exactly, and then you got like I'd say, uh, like we said, Sterling Shepard last week, like we mentioned him, he did get injured, but that's a different story. And then Robbie Anderson is another person who you could buy low for. What do you think? Yeah, I agree. Uh, Especially now with CMC out, Sam Donald's going to throw the ball a lot more, like I said earlier. Um, and he's a pretty, pretty solid wide receiver. He hasn't been putting up the numbers uh, like he did last year. But I still think he's a, uh, he's going to 
um, do a lot better this uh, this coming up weeks. Let's see him see out. And the other thing is, DJ Moore has been on a tear this season. That's also affecting Robbie Anderson because DJ Moore, 15.4 fantasy points week one, 21.9 week two, and then 20 and a half week three. So let's see what happens with Robbie Anderson. And then players who you could potentially trade for more. Melvin Gordon. What do you think about uh, Melvin Gordon running back for the Broncos? Melvin Gordon's definitely interesting. Uh, he's getting a lot of carries, it seems like, but not a not a whole lot of yardage. Uh, like last last week, he had 18 carries, but only 60 yards. Uh, I mean, the running back situation in Denver is very interesting. It seems like they have a lot of guys they can go to. And even, they even have a lot of uh, other weapons in the, on offensive end. So it's very interesting. But I honestly think that most managers wouldn't buy him for very high at all, to be honest. What is another sell uh, high candidate you have? Another solid candidate, candidate I have is Cream Hunt. Uh, yeah, I totally, I totally agree that you should sell him high, uh, especially since he's averaging 17 fantasy points per game. He had a rough week one, a rough week two against uh, the Texans, only 6.3 fantasy points. Uh, I totally feel like his numbers are gonna get, are gonna dip down a little bit, especially with. Um, Nick Chubb also on the backfield for the Browns. Yeah. Um, so, as you said, Kareem Hunt's averaging 17. His numbers will obviously dip. I definitely agree with you. I'm just like, Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt is averaging actually 1.2 points per game more than Nick Chubb, the Browns starting running back, but but to Evan's point, I don't think that's really going to last for long. And so, you got Adam Thielen. We mentioned Justin Jefferson as a buy-low candidate uh, for last week, but now we got Adam Thielen. What do you think about Adam Thielen? Yeah, I think he's in the same situation as Kareem Hunt. Um, there's just so many weapons on the Vikings. Uh, I mean, I feel like his, his numbers are going to dip a little bit. I mean, he's been starting to dip a little bit. He, ever, he got 30.2 in week one against Cincinnati. But since then, he's only got 15.9 and 17. Uh, yeah, but like I said, with how many weapons they have on that offense, uh, there's just so many guys that Kirk Cousins can throw to. I feel like uh, he's going to be a little bit inconsistent from going on. Um, and then, like we said, we mentioned Justin Jefferson. It's almost like he heard the episode because he exploded last week. Right. Yeah. Yeah, he was phenomenal. Last week, uh, he had 118 yards 
with nine catches for and one touchdown for 26.8 fantasy points. Like I said last, like we said last week, he's gonna pop off eventually, and he did. Oh yeah, he definitely did. Then let's say Brandon Cooks is probably the most intriguing player on that Houston Texans team. The only one. Yeah, the re- the rest of the team has been pretty terrible. Uh, I it's very interesting to have him as a sell a sell high candidate. Uh, but I totally understand it now that you have uh, Davis Mills as the quarterback, uh, who's who, who struggled uh, in week three. Uh, we'll see uh, if he can bounce back and make four, but I definitely don't see it happening at all. Yeah, like, I'd probably say for Brandon Cooks, if you need a receiver, like, trade maybe. I know Allen Robinson is not performing as well as uh, fantasy managers would have, so potentially try to package, like, Allen Robinson or some other players to get Adam Thielen or Brandon Cooks if you are struggling with your receivers in fantasy. So I definitely think Brandon Cooks I'd say out of the receivers we named like I don't think we named Debo Samuel. Debo Samuel's interesting because I guess Ayuk is gonna slowly get back into there. What do you think? Yeah I totally agree with you. Last week uh Debo, or not Debo, Ayuk, uh, he got 14.4 fantasy points. Still not the yardage that you would expect him to get, but especially, but I feel like this week, especially against the Seahawks, um, pretty bad secondary. I feel like uh, both of them are bound to go off this week. Yeah, exactly. And then, uh, Then, like, I'd say out of the receivers we named, the one most worth it, I feel like, or the more reliable one to trade for is, honestly, Adam Thielen. Who would you think? Or any other receiver we didn't name to trade high for? Yeah, I, I totally agree with you. Uh, Adam Thielen is still going to be, like, the wide receiver one on the team. Uh, Debo, he, he's sort of the wide receiver one. But you also have Kittle there, so he's sort of the second target now. And they run the ball a lot too, so can't expect him to get a lot. And then Brendan Cooks, I just don't, I mean, the team's just so bad, I don't think he's gonna do very well from now on. And then I'd say one person in terms of fantasy and actually NFL season, like it's not Matthew Stafford, but Stafford, don't get me wrong. Honestly, he's my pick. If you were to pick an early season MVP, that's who I'm going with Matthew Stafford. Stafford's having fun on the Rams, but the person benefiting the most is Cooper Cup. My gosh, he's a he's like a monster this season. He's been absolutely amazing. Uh, when I drafted him 66 overall in our draft, I honestly didn't expect him to be this good. But my goodness, he's been amazing. Having 30.4 fantasy points per game. He's a wide receiver. He's the best wide receiver uh, in terms of fantasy this year. Uh, he's been absolutely amazing. 
I feel like he's going to slow down a little bit. Um, I feel like Robert Woods might get a little more touches soon. But I still think Cooper Cup is going to be really, really solid. Like 23.8 fantasy points, 36.8 fantasy points, and 30.6 fantasy points. But not only that, week one against Chicago, seven receptions, 10 targets, 108 yards, one touchdown. Week, as if that wasn't enough, week two against Indiana, nine receptions, 11 targets, 163 yards, two touchdowns. Against Tampa Bay, nine receptions, 12 targets, 96 yards, and two touchdowns. Cooper Cup keeps... Uh, on this same pace, by week 15, he is going to have 25 touchdowns by week 15. 25. That is simply amazing. Yeah, that's absolutely crazy. It especially helps. I, I feel like definitely um, if you can somehow trade for him, I doubt, I doubt you can. But if you can, uh, he's definitely going to be really, really good for us this season. I mean, you look at their schedule. They play some um, not-so-great defenses like Seattle twice. They play the, the Giants and the Texans and the Jaguars. So he's definitely going to be pretty consistent this whole year, I feel like. Yeah, exactly. And those are our buy-low, sell-high candidates. And that will end it for the Fantasy Show Episode 3. And we're going to be with you every week every saturday at some point during your day check youtube check spotify check apple podcast for us and even anchor many of you listen to it on anchor but uh as fantasy basketball or as the nba season gets closer on this month we are going to live stream the nba fantasy draft because we're in the same league together. I don't know. We'll see. We could be even on the same Zoom call during the live stream. We're still figuring things out. But as of now, we will live stream fantasy basketball draft sometime this month. And as it gets closer, we're going to slowly start incorporating fantasy basketball into the fantasy show. Which is why when you see on the thumbnails, you see all the different types of sports because this is a fantasy show and as the fantasy seasons get closer and during the fantasy seasons, we're going to talk about it. So that's it for us. Make sure to tune in every Saturday to listen to our fantasy show and see you next Saturday for fantasy show episode four.